All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 21. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in. I'm joined today by Emily Kaufman, creator and host of Girls Gone Healthy. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. I love seeing, you know, other people start up podcasts and especially in the fitness and the health space, especially for women too. Um, I think it's something that's really cool to talk about. And before we even get into it, I'm just curious, did you start this up during the quarantine or did you have this going before? Yeah, no, I started just during quarantine. I didn't even have the idea for it until, you know, I started spending every single day at home. And I thought that it was a good way to still get in that fitness community that I love going to gyms and all that and just kind of bringing it into my own space. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I know so many people that have started uh, podcasts or other things like during this downtime. I feel like it's been such a reset for a lot of people. I started mine during it. Um, I was going to start it before, but I just was kind of like afraid, you know, to start it up and holding myself back. And then I just kind of realized like, you know what, there's never going to be a right time. You kind of just have to like go for it. So. Oh, yeah. Now we have enough time to as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. So for everyone listening, tuning in, um, what kind of is your background? I know that you were uh, an athlete in college. So if you want to kind of talk about like what got you into fitness and what was sort of like the motivating thing to want to transform that into a podcast? Yeah. So I was a division one athlete in college. So I went to the University of Oklahoma and I was a coxswain for the rowing team. And so for those that don't know what that is, it's a small person in the very back of the boat. And I don't actually row, but I steer the boat, I coach, I direct. And so you have to be really small for that position. You have to be 110 pounds because you get weighed in oh, before wow. competition. And then also just like you have to be able to physically fit in the boat. <laughs> so it's very restricting of, okay, this is a certain number I have to reach. And I was this position for eight years. So I weighed wow. myself over 400 times, close to 500 times, having to hit that same weight. And so for me, that's what my health was always centered around. And so it was such a big transformation for me of trying to lose weight, trying to hit that number, working so hard at it. Like that was my determining factor to then once I graduated, I didn't know what to focus on anymore. I was like, okay, how can I be healthy without working out four hours a day? what weight am I supposed to be at if I'm not 110 pounds? Like I didn't even know how to measure my health anymore. And so, you know, just talking with old teammates and other people in the health and fitness space, a lot of people have that same issue um, and struggle. And so that's why I kind of put together Girls Gone Healthy as a more approachable way to fitness. That's not so strict, strict and regimen of what a lot of people are used to as athletes. Yeah, that's, I didn't even know that there were that many crazy qualifications for that. Um, that is wild. I know that you have to be small for it, but I can't even imagine like weighing myself that much trying to consistently maintain. It's kind of like wrestlers too, right? They have to always uh, maintain that certain weight. So that's, uh, that's a crazy journey. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really taxing on me just because, you know, there was a period of time that it did come naturally, but as college progressed and eating habits change and just you mature more into an adult, I had put on 10 extra pounds and I struggled for years to lose it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I wasn't supposed to be 110 pounds anyways. I haven't gotten close to that number in years, but it was just really hard to think of that, that one number on the scale as like, that was my healthy number. That was my goal. And you can spend a lot of time and energy worrying about that. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially with the scale. Like I remember I used to get so caught up in having to be a certain number. And it's funny because, you know, you think about what you were in high school, at least for me, I'm like, that that would be ridiculous if I were to weigh the same exact thing that I was in high school. Like, obviously my clothes are going to fit different. You know, obviously your body changes as you get older. So holding yourself to a number on the scale is like such a a deadly trap. I personally, like, I really like taking measurements as a way to kind of gauge progress just because we get so caught up in that number sometimes that we put so much pressure on ourselves, you know? Oh yeah. And like the number does change so much. Um, even day to day, there's so many fluctuations. It's so hard to pinpoint one specific thing and be like, that's my one goal. And especially when I kept equating that to health, I kept being like, oh, me losing weight must mean that I'm living healthier. But in reality, I was just going about it all the wrong ways. I was not feeling my body correctly. So it just kind of took me stepping back to realize that was happening to me. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are kind of still in that mindset. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's also, you mentioned that there were kind of some ways that you went about it that weren't, you know, right. Like, I'm curious, did you do any crash diets uh, back when you were trying to keep that weight or any kind of crazy way to keep yourself down at that number? Yeah, it wasn't like a prescribed type of diet, but I just thought, okay, I'm going to have chicken and it can't even be seasoned with salt. I'm going (laughs) to only have like broccoli and carrots. And so to me, that was crazy looking back. I was like, I can barely even eat that for one meal and be satisfied. Never mind every single meal. And then as I got later on into my career too, like my senior year, I was like, I will do anything to hit that number. And I was basically just living a liquid diet of protein shakes because I was like, okay, protein shakes are like easy to measure out, so easy to count calories, but like your body needs so much more than just protein. (laughs) So that was just like, you know, another dumb thing of mine where I thought it was so easy and I was like, oh, these are healthy. And then that was all that I was eating. I was getting so bloated. I was breaking out. I had no energy, which makes sense. But yeah, for me, it was all about that number. It wasn't even necessarily how I was feeling. That's such a like interesting point because I feel like for a lot of people, especially it was for me too, it was like you get so set in that number where it doesn't matter how you're feeling. You kind of lose a sense of this mind-body connection of what's fueling you well and what's really firing you up. You're just so focused on reaching that um, that goal that it doesn't even matter if you're feeling super drained, super tired. Like I've talked about it on here before. I used to do uh, the three-day diet. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But Mm -hmm. I did that like all throughout high school and it made me feel horrible. Like it was just the worst. Like I would lose 10 pounds and then I would gain it all back and then some and like bloated afterwards. And I didn't care because I was so set on like meeting that number. So I'm kind of curious to hear um, what you think sort of like clicked for you. What was your turning point where you were like, okay, I need to actually fuel my body now. Yeah. So after I was done with athletics, I, as I said, I never hit that number. So I was like, I just did all of this work, all of this effort. And I still never got there. Like being healthy sucks, you know, cause in my head, I still thought that's what being healthy meant. So I graduated from college, stopped rowing and I didn't join a gym. I just did nothing. And so uh, like a year went by, I obviously still wasn't feeling good because I wasn't watching what I was eating. I wasn't working out. And I was like, you know what? I want to start to go back into that community, back into that space of fitness. And I started doing group classes, so group fitness classes. 
because to me that was a really fun way I was like okay like someone else is telling me what to do you have the fun music lots of energy with people around and for me just going back into the health space of okay I'm gonna have fun with it is how my mindset shifted and then I started to realize like it actually doesn't have to be that hard you know if you just go to a fitness class five times per week like that's enough but for me I thought that wasn't enough because I was used to the four hours per day, no rest days, all of that. And so I think that the shift definitely happened for me after I completely started back at square one of like, what do I enjoy doing? And then I just did more of that. That's such a nice transition. Like group classes are totally the way to go. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. Like I love spin class. I love orange theory. And it kind of switches the perspective of like, this is a chore. This is something I have to do to, this is fun. Like, look at all the people around you, all the music bump in, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's a big transition for athletes, especially. I mean, I wasn't an athlete in college, so um, I'd be curious to hear if you have any tips to uh, kids now, or not even kids, people in college maybe that are um, off of their sports because of covid Something I've uh, heard a lot of is that people are kind of worried of how they're going to like replace that time that they would have dedicated to their sport. So do you have any tips for uh, people that are in that position? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely if you're still an athlete and competing, the coach knows best. But if you're transitioning out and you're not able to compete anymore, I just like to remind athletes that just because you are an athlete and you are really focused on yourself, on your body and performance doesn't mean that that's necessarily healthy. Like pushing yourself to work out every day might not be the healthiest. We actually need a lot more rest than I think we give ourselves credit for. And that shouldn't feel like we're falling off the wagon. That should just kind of be built in to our lifestyle too. And so I think it's really important with athletes too of like, okay, like, yeah, you might be burning a lot of calories. So you could equate that with health, but there's so many benefits in the little habits you do, like sleep, like hydration, nutrition, that just gets so overlooked because of performance. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's something that uh, needs to be kind of looked at more because I've always been someone too, where I've actually, I find it really hard to take a rest day. I know that might sound kind of crazy, but I'm someone that's like very go, 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 go. But all of that other stuff is so important and you're not going to see full results if you don't have, you know, proper nutrition, proper sleep and hydration. And those are just as important as showing up for the workout and being fully there is you have to take that time to have self-care too. It's a fine balance. Something that I still exactly. struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a balance. And, you know, when you do want to get into a health kick or you're like, okay, I'm going to start to make this transformation. We focus so heavily on like, let's do more. How can I be better? Do more. And it's like, well, no, this is more of a gradual change. You know, you want it to be part of your lifestyle. You don't want to change your whole lifestyle to only be focused on it. So um, that's what I kind of like to remind people too, you know, especially once you're not an athlete anymore. It's like, okay, your life is not your sport. Your life is not how much you can lift. Find balance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Amen to that. Balance is huge. And like, don't have to keep that identity on yourself too of like, like you said, a lot of people carry that identity of being an athlete and feel like they have to live up to that standard. Like even when they're off season, whatever it might be, or even if you're, you know, a power lifter, whatever it might be, you feel like you have to live up to that identity. Like it's okay to step away from that label. And also for people that are starting out, I'm sure you can agree to just like ease yourself in. It's okay to not be like going zero to 500 like overnight. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. And especially, so I was on the rowing team and no one can really do rowing for fun. You know, it's not something that you're just going to pick up. So like these rowers, and I know that like me included, I was like, okay, I'm so good at this one activity. I can go to the gym and like, or I'll run for two hours and I can pick up that same thing. It's like, no, your body is like still has to adjust. There's so many different movements. So yeah, definitely just kind of listening to your body, like allowing it to rest when it wants, just listening to how you're feeling. Yeah, the rest part is like so essential. So I love that you kind of um, shine light on that, especially for people that were athletes. I think that's awesome. Um, but I'm also curious too, just because I don't know about you, but podcasts are like the main form of entertainment that I consume. Like I know a lot of people watch Netflix or whatever, but like whenever I'm cleaning around my house, like going for a walk, whatever it is, like I love listening to podcasts. So I'm kind of curious um, why you decided to to do a podcast as opposed to like a YouTube channel video thing or why like a podcast was like you were like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, just when I was a consumer of podcasts, I was trying to find one that would fit what I was looking for. You know, I was very interested in fitness, very interested in living a healthy lifestyle. So I was like, OK, I want to see what's out there. And I'm sure you've looked at it, too. There's a lot of information that's just not relevant to me you know it'd be these bodybuilders of okay this is how you should lift or it'd be people like nutritionists i'd be so like concerned about one vitamin and i was like i don't even know how many vegetables <laughs> to eat in a day like i don't care about vitamin b12 like there was just so many things that i was like i even though i was in the health and fitness world for years and i was a professional athlete I still felt like it was over my head. And so I was like, there must be other people that also kind of not want it dumbed down, but just health simplified. Because I think that when you do start to go all in, it's either you're bombarded by diets or you're bombarded by this information that you don't know what to do with. And so I thought that it was just kind of a happy medium of, okay, this is for your average person who just kind of wants to get a little bit healthier, especially in quarantine when it's hard to have those resources out and about. It's like, okay, this is stuff that you can do in your day-to-day -day life at home. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think that's something so many people can relate with because the podcast like world is so oversaturated, like you said, with all these people in these very specific little you know, segments of it, like, like you said, like certain supplements or bodybuilders or people talking about form for certain exercises. Um, and it was the same way for me. I was like, nobody's, I, I don't really like, I can't really follow that. Like, it's like you said, it's a little over my head. Um, so I love that you kind of just decided to, to do it for yourself. And I think it's something that resonates with a lot of people, especially now, like everyone's looking for guidance and like simplified, simplified guidance that's going to be applicable to their lives. Yeah, especially because as I mentioned, I love group fitness. I know that you do too. And I was like, how can I bring almost that energy and that atmosphere into a podcast? So it's, you know, hearing from people that also like that energy that also are trying to keep it fun. And those are the people that I love talking to, you know, it's the ones that you can relate to, the ones that aren't trying to be perfect. It's like, okay, no, we're just doing it because we enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like part of the podcasting journey too is like, imperfection like all across the board like I remember being so scared to even like upload the first episode of saying oh my god what's everyone gonna think of me like this doesn't look right this isn't this whatever but um you kind of just gotta go for it sometimes you know oh yeah yeah especially so too because like I was 
you know, trying to get feedback from other athletes. And just the more that I talked with other people that I felt like were in my same situation, it's like a lot of people do have the same health struggles or like on their fitness journey struggles and no one really wants unsolicited health advice. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to like go to your friends or go to your family because they'll either be giving you the advice you don't want to hear or they're like, oh, why are you worried about that? You're like great the way you are. And it's like, okay, no, that doesn't help. Like, yeah, you know, so it's just kind of why I love your podcast too. It's kind of like hearing from a friend of, okay, like I'm hearing advice that I can apply to. Yeah, exactly. And like simplified advice that you can apply to your life that's not going to go over your head. I mean, you have people, I'm really passionate about like your mindset and um, the law of attraction. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you have some of these big people like Tony Robbins that are, you know, talking like make a million dollars in two weeks. And it's like, okay, well, that's like not really going to help me like right now. Like what are like small things I can do to like improve my mindset? So that was part of why I wanted to start this is um, just because I've come to understand like such a strong connection between your mindset and what we experience physically with workouts. So I'm kind of curious to hear like what your take is um, on the mind body connection. Like if you've noticed a difference between when you were an athlete, like versus now. Oh yeah. I think that's a huge important thing to focus on because it does really start in your mind because someone outside can give you a perfect plan to follow a perfect meal plan, perfect workout plan for whatever your goals is or whatever your goals are. But if you're not in the right mindset of I want to do this, or this is what my body's feeling today, if you're not listening to those internal cues, it's not going to be enjoyable, you're going to be forcing yourself to get there. And that's kind of the path that I had always messed up at in college, because when I was trying to hit that number, I just kept getting all this external advice, which was great. Like, people were very educated around me. But if you don't know what to do with that, you're not going to get there. Because as I mentioned, I was giving these meal plans of, okay, I'm going to eat this chicken with no seasoning. But then if you're never satisfied from that, you're just going to end up binging and restricting and going on these cycles. Whereas if you listen to yourself of, okay, I can have the balance of what my mind wants, like what my body's craving with what I should be doing. That's how you'll actually get there. And that's how you'll live the most healthy lifestyle. So yeah, it definitely starts in the mind and that's how you can start to listen to your body. I think that's huge. Listening to your body. That is so important because I know, I mean, like you said, for you, it was like you're eating, you know, the chicken with no seasoning, the carrots, like you're thinking you're doing the right thing, but your body's like, oh, I could go for this. Like, I just really want to like add some flavor or whatever it might be. Um, you're actually probably going to see a lot more success if you were to just listen to your body a little bit. Like I was talking to someone about it the other day. We have such um, we have such a system of knowledge within us if we kind of just decide to go inward a little bit. And, um, and I think that can apply to your diet too. Like listen to your body. What does your body need? Like, like you said earlier too, um, someone could give you a perfect workout plan, perfect diet plan. And if your mind's not there, if you're not really in it a hundred percent, it's not, um, going to fully work for you. So I think a big part of it is listening to your body and also just finding out what works for you because every person is different. Like we could be on the same diet and probably have totally different results. Oh, yeah. And especially nowadays, there's so many apps to help you. There's fitness trackers, there's all these things, which can be a great tool and resource. But you can't just like look at your phone and be like, Oh, I have 500 more calories left for the day. Like, your phone doesn't know how you slept that night, your phone doesn't know if you've had a stressful day. So you actually need to feel more like there's so much 
that an external person wouldn't know, that an app wouldn't know. And that's where you have to take your own intuition and put it in. Because kind of how you were saying of listening to yourself, we kind of already know what our body wants. Like, even if you don't know the correct ratio of different things, that doesn't always matter. It's what you want. You know, you can feel when you're dehydrated. You can feel a lot of times when you're hungry, you can feel these things. And so I think that a lot of times if we get stuck, we're just overcomplicating it when we can really just kind of turn inwards and try to listen to what we already know. That is such a good point. Getting so caught up in Fitbit tracker or this tracker, you know, scanning this bag of, you know, chips, however much it is and getting so caught up. Sometimes it's like a little rat race, like against yourself of trying to make sure that you're staying on track with your macros, your calories, whatever it might be. But sometimes if we just take a moment to pause and like listen to our bodies, like you were saying, you might actually find out more than if you're trying to search for it in an app. So I think that's really important. So I'm really curious to hear what you're doing now. I know you mentioned you're launching a program. So very curious to hear uh, what that's about. Yeah, so I'm about to launch a course. It's called Health That You Enjoy. So it's kind of a little bit of all these things that we're talking about here of how you can fit life or health into your current lifestyle. It's no crazy different plans. You know, you can still include all the food and treats that you like. You can do the movements that work for you. And it's just kind of giving people that encouragement and education of, okay, you can make these lasting changes with things you're doing. You don't have to start over. You don't have to jump on the wagon and fall off again, which I think a lot of people are used to with diets. I think that a lot of people our age are used to trying them and it's kind of a cycle of failures and you kind of feel like, oh, I'll never achieve a healthy lifestyle. So it's making it a lot more attainable and fun. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think too, sometimes with like diet culture, especially, we get really caught up in like, oh, I'm going to wait till the first of this month. And then I'm going to go on this diet. I'm going to wait until tomorrow when I'm, you know, ready to do it. Um, And I think that it's an important idea to kind of view it not as a diet, but as like a lifestyle change, which it sounds like what you're doing um, there, which is kind of like your whole being and you know, making it something that's attainable where it's not this far off goal where you have to all of a sudden cut out all of this stuff and all of a sudden you're, you know, eating this, whatever, like it's okay to slowly transition yourself in. Exactly. I always like to say it's part of your lifestyle. Like you can't live either a healthy lifestyle or unhealthy. It's not one or the other. It's that gray in between. It's where you're always living. And so, you know, you don't have to keep worrying about starting over. It's just, okay, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Could you improve? Yeah, everyone could always improve. But it's that balance of, okay, what are you working on? Because sometimes you are worried about your health, and you want to put more focus on it. And sometimes it's okay to kind of let it take autopilot a little bit. And so I think that when you focus on how you can already incorporate it, you won't be in that mindset of either on or off. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, too, is not viewing it as so black and white as on and off. Like our lives are flexible, too. Like we go on vacation, we go to parties, we, you know, celebrate with family. Like there's going to be times when like you can eat a a big meal and not have to feel guilty about it. I think a, a big part of it, too, is not feeling guilty or beating yourself up for if you want to like enjoy things every now and then, because that's a part of a balanced, healthy lifestyle is allowing yourself to enjoy it and then moving on the next day back to where you were. 
Yeah, because if you keep telling yourself like, okay, I'm not going to have this food until I reach that goal or, okay, I'm going to be on this plan until I reach that goal. Like there's really no end health goal. So like you don't, there's no finish line for a healthy lifestyle. It's something that you just want to incorporate and start living. And so I think that when you get rid of that mindset of, okay, I'm going to make all these changes until I reach something, um, that's when you'll kind of stop going just in loops of the same things of, okay, I can't have any desserts to I'm going to have all the desserts. It's like, okay, just learn how to incorporate it more naturally. And then you won't feel like triggered and guilty when you are eating them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but anytime I've tried doing that, like cutting out something entirely, I just wind up like binging on it way later on being like, okay, I'm not going to have any cookies, any fries, like for this period of time. And then it's like, oh, I'm just going to go all out crazy. Um, so I think it's, it's more beneficial too to have the balance because when you have those like peaks and valleys sort of, of like super restrictive versus like going crazy, that's when you're going to just totally backpedal any of your progress. It's going to just hold you back. And I think that's something that a lot of women, especially in our age bracket have like dealt with, with diets, especially diet culture growing up. I mean, I remember looking at magazines when I was, you know, younger and seeing all these crazy crash diets in them telling them you could lose 20 pounds in three weeks. And it's just crazy to think that that was something that, you know, was portrayed as healthy, but it's great. Yeah. And with that too. So when you are restricting yourself on these different foods and you're causing stress because you're making food rules, I'm like, well, is that really healthy? Like, yeah, even if you're having all the vegetables and you cut out all the sweets, well, is that good for your mental health? Right? Like it's that balance of mind body connection. It's that balance of physical health, nutritional health, like it's all a balance. And so when you take those extremes, it could be healthier for your diet, but it might be healthier for other parts of you. That's such a good point too, because you could be following exercise, diet, everything like to a T, but what if, let's say you like were to try keto and you feel horrible the entire time. It's like, yeah, on paper, yes, you're doing everything right, but like you're stressed out, you're anxious, you know, you're feeling tired, like everything's connected. You got to kind of, you got to appreciate yourself as a whole and and intuitively know like what's honoring you and what's holding you back. And it just kind of comes with practice and just listening to yourself. Yeah, it definitely comes with practice. It's nothing that you'll be able to pick up on all your cues right away. But I mean, that's why I do suggest the small changes because then it's easier for you to notice, okay, this is making me feel better. This is making me feel worse. Yeah, exactly. Small, small steps always lead to big change. It's like, I sound so stupid, but it's like Rome wasn't built in a day. So, you know, it's going to take time. And also the most lasting results are usually going to take longer to attain. Like you think about a crash diet, like, yeah, you have quick weight loss, but then you're going to gain it all back. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important too. of like, you have to make sure you're defining healthy in the right way. Because if it is, you just want to lose five pounds in one month. It's like, I mean, I guess you could do that it would probably be one of those diets because they could work for a month, but that isn't healthy. So I think that, you know, you kind of have to get out of that mindset of like, what is healthy for you? Yeah, exactly. It's like reframing how you're kind of perceiving it all. But thank you so much. This has been like awesome. I'm, I want to let you kind of uh, plug your stuff here. So where can people find your podcast? Where can they um, find your website, your program, everything that you're doing? Yeah, thank you so much. So my podcast is Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. 
available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And then I stay up to date on everything on Instagram. It's at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. So that's where I'll be posting about the courses, about my episodes. Um, you can find out everything there. So yeah, let's stay in touch on Instagram. Yes, guys, I will leave uh, the links to everything on the video here in the description. If you're listening, you can watch it on YouTube. You'll find the links there as well. But yeah, Girls Gone Healthy, I love what you're doing. Um, It's so cool seeing someone else uh, do a fitness podcast, health podcast. So I love it. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy we got to connect. This was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, guys, again, if you want to check any of her stuff out, all the links uh, will be down below. But thank you so much.